Welcome to Down in the Valley. You're listening to our podcast version, Running in Syndication, thanks to our friends at the Beautiful Game Network. We air live on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central on our YouTube channel. So don't forget to subscribe to it at youtube.com slash down in the valley. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at down in the RGB. Be sure to join us live on the show to interact in real time with us to talk all about RGBFC. Thank you and enjoy the show. So thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in to Down in the Valley uh, this week. My name is Setsun Ochoa, and uh, company is Jacob. I'm doing good. Ready for another show. It's going to be exciting. I mean, we've got a ton to talk about considering an interesting El Paso rivalry where we took the train and kind of ended up at the same exact place where we started. And then, hey, it's Tulsa week now, and so that's going to be interesting to see if they're actually a legit contender now uh now that you're all here be sure to uh be sure to go ahead and like this video share it with your friends let everybody know uh, all of you dynamo fans all you rgv fans let everybody know the, about us to know more about rgvfc and there's going to be a lot to talk about and i went ahead and posted it uh on our on our twitter because there's a lot there's a lot of topics um that, from within this week that we're going to be discussing Chuy Enriquez, Romilio Hernandez's goal, obviously the game against El Paso Locomotive. What's going to happen next? Uh, this Friday uh, against uh, Tulsa, uh, Tulsa Roughnecks, and like I posted, the Dynamo dilemma, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on in the show. Um, before we go ahead and start, I want to invite you all to go ahead and. Uh, like I said, like the video, share it, subscribe to if you haven't already. Also, the the uh, tipping link is down there uh, in the description if you guys want if you guys want to help us out uh, in that regard. It, it's not re- it's not required, but we would greatly greatly appreciate it to help us continue to bring you all the coverage for not only down in the valley but also Generation Orange. Uh, be sure to like our friends uh, and follow our friends at the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. Uh, check out their website at bgn.fm as well, as well as uh, check out their primary sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. They're the official scarf supri- supplier of USL, MLS, and NCAA. Be sure to also check out all of our podcast uh, versions of these uh, of these streams. Be sure to check them out on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and obviously on the Beautiful Game Network's website as well. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media. Follow us on Twitter in English uh, at Down in the RGV. In Spanish, uh, DITV podcast underscore ES. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Down in the RGV and Facebook.com slash Down in the RGV. You can follow uh, either Jacob and I uh, on, on Twitter on our personal platforms. Mine, uh, mine is at EOCHOA underscore eight. Jacob is uh, Jacob Young 456 on twitter and uh, you can also follow ray silva at cart picker 86 and uh and cesar cortez our, our official photographer be sure to follow him at quart as in like that uh fluid the measurement underscore easy cortez so um all right so let's go ahead and t- and uh and start with this uh with tonight's episode 
Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Harry and Blues that are right now on the chat. Thank you all so much for y'all's uh, support. Um, Harry says, uh, what's up, RGB Nation? Edson in the dark. Jacob looking good, despite all that orange. Seems legit. Uh, and Harry asks, is asking, Jacob, did you kill the buck in the background? Uh, yes, I did. I killed it. It was pretty nice. It was like four or five years ago, something like that. But yeah, it was a pretty cool shot. And yeah, I killed it. <laughs> oh, wow. That I did not know. But I mean, PETA might, PETA might be mad. But hey, eh, they, and they haven't been relevant in so many years. But uh, that's that's something that's not for this show. Anyways, so first order of business, we'll go. Ahead, let's go ahead and talk about the match that happened uh, last Saturday night. So last Saturday night, we go in kind of bummed out. If you guys remember watching last week's episode, I was super bummed out, Jacob. You seemed a little bit more optimistic about the uh, coming into this match than I did. I know I predicted a loss to El Paso, and I think you predicted a tie. Yeah, I believe I did, but I didn't. I don't think I predicted a two-two draw. No. No, I think you said. I think you said one-one or, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. No, I just. I, yeah, go ahead. I just, I just didn't see both teams coming out of the gate trying to score or being able to score goals considering both defenses were pretty good. Yeah, I think I posted it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a 2-1 loss for RGV, uh, mostly because, as we mentioned last week, there was a lot, they had a lot of experience uh, within El Paso Locomotive. And I thought that that was going to be the big difference uh, against RGV's uh, squad, which is mostly mostly filled with uh, youth players. But it was about it really was about to happen. I was, I mean, it was just so bad in the beginning, in the in the first, um, in in the first half. Like RGV couldn't do anything. They couldn't find a way to get a decent attack on El Paso. Yeah, exactly. It was RGVFC was just, they just felt like they were lost in a way, not being able to really gain any ground. But at the same time, they weren't able to gain ground. They weren't allowing El Paso to gain ground, of course, until later in the first half. But at that start of the first half, both teams started off kind of slow, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And sh- of course, brought up some good defensive plays. But just the only ones that were really under attack more than, of course, the others were RGVFC. Tyler Derrick did have to work a lot more than uh, El Paso's keeper in the first half. So that was something to really, that was really kind of scary. As well as the ref was better than the week before where we had some interesting calls. But other than that, I, I think it was an okay first half until of course that goal happened so let's take a look at, at the starting 11 for this match he had uh like you mentioned for rgvfc you had tyler derrick on goal you had uh chris duvall that was sent in by um from the dynamo as well as sam junqua and alejandro fuenmayor which everybody's like what the hell is he doing here more along the lines like 
what's going on. Why does Wilmer have something against them all of a sudden? But that's something for tomorrow's episode of Generation Orange. Uh, and then you also had the the uh, ever um, Kyle Adams, yeah, the super reliable Kyle Adams. Um, that was your four in the back. Then you had in the middle you had Romilio Hernandez, Kevin Rodriguez, Brad Dunwell, and Chuy Enriquez. Uh, and up on top, he had two strikers, pretty much, with Wilmer Cabrera Jr. and uh, Isidro Martinez, the the Brownsville guy from UTRGV. Yeah, great start in eleven for sure. Considering even the back, even the back four or whatever was a really great back line, just due to the fact Kyle Adams, he has been, of course, the captain because of Connor Donovan's kind of been injured, but at the same time, he's really been able to lead this team. Now, of course, yeah, that one guy, that one player that you mentioned, I've never been a fan of him. Fuenmayor? AKA Alejandro Fuenmayor. Yes, of oh, course. No. He, even, even in the first half, we did see him get, <laughs> just about get carded. But he's way too aggressive. He needs to calm down and he hasn't learned how to calm down yet. I, I agree with you in that. Uh, I think he he comes off as super aggressive with the Dynamo, he, uh, as well as what we saw against uh, against El Paso. I still think he's better uh, uh, in that aspect than last year. It's just some growing pains after him. I mean, he's young. He's still young. He still has a lot uh, to to grow. And in my opinion, he wasn't the worst. Uh, he was not the worst player in the back line that night. To me, I'll say it. I've said it before. I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. Chris Duvall. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. He's too mm-hmm. slow. He he does he doesn't know. He doesn't. He's not very organized. Omar Salgado like just went past him with ease. Actually, anybody that was out there once Omar Salgado was subbed off. And I believe it might have been, I think it was Castell- uh, Josh Castellanos was, uh, yes, Josh Castellanos was subbed in for him. Man, like, he did, everybody, anybody who was there in Cristobal's uh, section of the pitch, they just ran around him. And I said it with, with uh, in preseason with the Dynamo, it was one of the first things I, I told Sean in Generation Orange, I was like, now nah, this Cristobal guy, like he he's not cutting it. There's a reason why he hasn't been playing with uh, with the Dynamo. Why they've chosen Kevin Garcia over Cristobal, and we all know how people in here in Houston do not like Kevin Garcia. What does that tell you? Yeah, it, it tells you that he he's he's basically on that line, that cut line, in a way. He's barely cutting it for RGVFC in general. Just like you said, he got burned a ton in El Paso. And that's against, yes, a good team, a starting team that's got maybe more experience. But at the same time, you've got to keep up with your defender. or I mean, you've got to keep up with your attacker. You've got to keep up with everyone on the pitch. And if you can't do that simple thing, what are you doing here? Why are you playing in championship soccer to be exact this is a usl championship it's not league one or the pdsl it's still really high up there i mean we've got new mexico united coming up and i've heard they're a pretty freaking good team so if he's not cutting it down here 
it's a difference. And yes, people, for some strange reason, dislike Kevin Garcia a lot more when year in and year out, Kevin Garcia has proven that he has gotten much better. But this man, just like you said, hasn't been getting better. He's in my in mine, probably your opinion. He's kind of gotten worse. Yeah, I, I mean, because if you look, if you look in the first match uh, against Tacoma, there was no need. There is no need to bring in these guys. And we'll talk. And this is a separate topic in and of itself that I want to preview. And that is, what the hell's the Dynamo thinking bringing in defenders? But we'll talk about that later on. Let's continue talking about this match against El Paso. Uh, so El Paso Locomotive, we talked about it. They had Logan Kidder on goal, Brian Revelon, uh, James uh, Kiffey, uh, Kiro Intoko, Andrew Fox, Yuma Monsalves, Nick Ross, Richie Ryan, Omar Salgado, Derek Gebhard, and Sebastian Contreras. It was, it was I think, definitely... While you say it was kind of chippy and there weren't a lot of clear opportunities, I think the clear ones were it came through with El Paso Locomotive. Um, the, the, the Toros looked extremely lost out there, and if you take a look, if you, so if you take a look at the goal, the Nick Ross goal, and there's something that come that there's something that comes off looking back at, at that play taking screenshots of that play. And that is, why the hell were there so many defenders in that one little area around the ball where Sebastian Contreras was? What were they doing all there? You had Fuenmayor. Let me get, let me actually get the, because the, I took a picture when I was watching the, the match. You have... Looks like you have Brad Dunwell, you have Romilio, you have Kyle, you have Fuenmayor, you have Junqua as well. There's five players there. And you just leave Nick Ross pretty much unguarded and allowed him to prepare the shot. And then you had Alejandro Fuenmayor trying to cover, I believe it was Gebhardt. I can't really make sure because he's uh, on the screen, like he's facing uh, forward, so I don't see his number. But if you look from it from the from the back, oh, it's twenty four. Uh, that was Yuma Monsalves. But the point is, if you look at it, uh, if you look at the replay where the camera is right behind. Uh, Tyler Derrick you can see why Tyler kind of reacted a little bit too late because Alejandro Fonmayor is completely blocking his view from Nick Ross yeah I think I also tweeted it out too Um, the commentator throughout the game this is give credit to El Paso and whoever they hired as the main commentators for the rest of their season uh, he's the co-commentator said it exactly the way that you did. Um, Tyler Derrick's being blocked, and of course he reacted to the ball late. He couldn't do anything about it. You've got five defenders, and you can't stop that goal. There's something wrong with whatever happened. They just broke down defensive mishaps once again. It comes down to a defensive mishap, and we've. We heard it so much last year, and we're starting to hear it a lot more again. 
and this is really interesting considering how many times have we actually had a solid defensive line and what I mean by that is well we didn't have Alejandro Fenwire on the team last week we didn't have a couple of these defenders on the team the week yeah last week so if you think of it that way we're not getting chemistry in the back line and so that's creating problems because either we've got a player that can't catch up to their defense or something of that nature it's not good and yeah go ahead yeah i guess yeah that's basically it so let's take a pause talking about the match because we keep on going back into this into this topic and i think we should really focus in on this right now and that is why did the dynamo send defenders why are they sending Junqua? Why are they sending um, Duval? Why did they send Tyler Derrick? Why did they say Alejandro Fuenmayor? Now, the obvious answer is, well, they need minutes. Okay, if you look at it from the Dynamo perspective, yes, they need minutes. But they need to look at it from the RGB perspective. What's the RGB perspective? Okay, we're going in into this match during the international break, right? We don't have Carlos Small because he didn't make the trip. We don't have Michael uh, Michael Zalazar. We don't have uh, Malik Foster for international duty. We don't have any strikers. The only one we had was Wilmer Cabrera Jr. What's the logic? Oh, yeah. Okay, so they need strikers. They haven't scored any goals. Yeah, let's send some defenders. That makes no sense. It doesn't. I mean, I only see one that makes sense, and that's sending down Tyler Derrick. Why? Yes, he needs minutes, and we've got a ton of goalkeepers that can really benefit from that. That's the only logical thing. Do you need someone to save to save balls? Yes. But apparently, yeah, Dynamo's perspective was we need him because they're going to get scored on a lot or try to get scored on a lot with this defensive line that we're going to give them. But, of course, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that we needed attackers and they didn't provide it to us. But that just goes to show, once again, they're not really going to take into consideration the little brother or the little sister's needs. They're going to actually care more about themselves. And, of course, yeah, it makes sense. But, hey, you've got to look at the logic. Do you want your other your sister club to succeed apparently not but at the same time we've seen them try and give us the players when it's basically too late hmm. so at the moment i think it's once again with they don't have enough attackers which yeah sean will probably say this tomorrow yeah they don't have enough attackers to really send down so that's going to be a big problem and of course it just goes back back and forth look at it from houston's perspective and look at it from RGV's perspective, it's always going to butt heads. Of course, what does Houston Dynamo need to do? Why not send Ronaldo Ronaldo Pena then? I mean, it's an international break. The Dynamo isn't playing. They could have yeah, easily exactly. they could have easily sent Ronaldo Pena to get some minutes because he hasn't played it because Manota is pretty much the lone striker right now. Yeah, no, that that is a good point. <laughs> and he was suspended. Well, he barely like his suspension is over. 
Hold on, let me lower this. Oh, yeah, a little that's bit. right. His, his suspension is lower, yeah. is over, but he hasn't played. He have this, he, this was a perfect opportunity to get Ronaldo Pena to play. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I understand, of course, another one, I guess, that Houston sent down besides the goalie is, well, a player that might be cut soon, that might be traded or or tried to put get put on the transfer market market soon because, yeah, let, let's be real. You and I know, both know Cristobal, he could be gone soon because he has, he just doesn't look impressive. That that's one reason why he's probably down there, and I understand that. Then with, again, with, send us strikers. It wasn't the weekend for you to send us whoever you could send. And you hit the po- and you hit the point just a little while ago. You talked about chemistry in the defense, which we haven't had because they keep on sending us dynamo players. Mm-hmm. And I think even I think even the announcer, the commentator, mentioned that during the stream. He said they send a, they send down these players from the first team, but they send them in like right at the last minute. They don't have time to play like to understand each other. So this. You look at the first. You look at the first match against Tacoma. The defense didn't play bad. It wasn't bad. It was just one little mistake, and that was it. But other than that, Robert Coronado, excellent job. Kyle Adams, really good job. Omar, uh, I mean, uh, Robert Castellanos, really good. He looked good. And I'm trying to remember who was the right back that game let me check really really quick but he didn't do bad either so there was no need there's no need to bring in these guys from the dynamo but because like others say it even though they're trying to make fun of rgb but daddy dynamo says so it has to happen yeah it's I mean, I, I want to say it's not okay, but of course, considering to the Dynamo, it's okay to constantly do this because, yeah, we're always going to be a farm team, but hey, you want your farm team to succeed, give them a chance to get some chemistry and maybe give their offense a chance to do the exact same thing because if you don't have a great defense, sometimes you're not going to have a great offense. And what I mean by that is, considering the way that we can can play because a lot of teams are going to play this way against us and i brought it up last week too is the counter-attacking method mm-hmm. you have a good defense i mean this is basically houston dynamo's realm is that counter-attacking method you have that good thing it, it's going to be a success for the offense and your offense is going to have a lot more chances at goal and if of course they sky it over then that's on the offense that's on the strikers but given that point well i mean leave us alone then (laughs) just leave us alone for this time being if you want to send us players send us players that actually mean something but it's just it's the last minute stuff that's gonna kill you in the long run let's send down players last minute you won't know who's gonna be sent down boom here you go do it with it what you will and you know what you you have to play them and you know what the worst part is? Is that they're pretty like Coach Jabari is for, has is forced to put him in. 
So he has no he has no choice to say, okay, all right, you brought them in, but you know what? They're not going to start because I already got my guys uh, that are going to be starters. No, they have to be put in. Whether uh, whoever whoever gets brought down, they have to start and they have to play as much as possible. That breaks up, that breaks up like you say chemistry within any kind of connection that your back line because that's what they're messing with right now. Any kind of connection that is built up by them, it's not gonna like. They're not going to be able to implement it on the game. Why? Because they're bringing in these guys that came in Friday night uh, into the game. Of course, they're not going to know how each other plays. Of course, Alejandro Fuenmayor is not going to know what Kyle Adams, uh, what zones Kyle Adams usually uh, covers uh, in, when the ball is in certain, this certain area versus where it's another area. That's why we see plays like that first goal. Nobody knows how each other plays. Sam Junqua doesn't know anything uh, and how everybody else plays either. Because Sam Junqua hasn't played with one Mayor either. That's the worst part. They're both dynamo players, but Sam Junqua hasn't gotten any minutes. Uh Fuen Mayor has gotten minutes last year. This year, this year he hasn't really. And they have not played each other uh, uh, with each other. Chris Duval, same thing. Hasn't gotten minutes with the Dynamo. Doesn't know how Fuente plays. Doesn't know how Junqua plays. Much less Kyle Adams. Yes, he played last week here against uh, against Fresno down at HB Park. But you're not going to get minutes one day, at a, or you're not going to get chemistry with the rest of your team if with no pretty much no practice sessions with your teammates. I, Yeah, it's a there. Yeah, not much else to say on that. I mean, I'm as frustrated as you are on this because. So Harry, what, what else can you do? Yeah. So Harry brings up a good point. He says it's the good and the bad of being a farm team. Swope Swope was loaded with SKC players last week. Uh, some first team players as well. I mean, I get. I mean, I get the point that we're gonna have to suck it up. But if you look at if you look at it from from like from when you analyze it, and everybody who watches soccer kind of understands this, that chemistry is really important, and these kind of things do not help chemistry at all. It's like an, all right. I don't know how many of y'all have played FIFA Ultimate Team. <laughs> so you can bring in so you like chemistry. I'm oversimplifying it, but when you put in in your Ultimate Team players from different leagues from different countries. Your chemistry is down, and of course, they're going to be a lot. They're going to be a lot more blunders. It's similar, yeah. So Ricardo Coronado, he says chemistry is very underrated, and I don't think a lot of people really mention this a lot. Analysts don't mention, don't really mention it a lot, uh, and then and any others. It's very essential to this team. Not only do you have to have the players or the talent, you also got to have the chemistry. How many times has it happened? Let's take a look at national teams. When you have a national team that has played together for a long time, that has followed a process, they're nine times out of ten, they are going to beat teams that may be higher talent-wise. Let's take a look at CONCACAF and the Mexican national team under Juan Carlos Osorio. With Juan Carlos Osorio, he never had a, spe uh, a specific um, 
roster. He always changed different players, put players out of position. And in the end, it cost him. And he, he kept on changing the lineups the game after game, even in official tournaments. And so teams were, one would think that the Mexican national team would run over them. They'd be like struggling against these. Why? Because the chemistry was not there. And I think a lot of people need to, need to understand. I think the Dynamo needs to understand this. You can't just put in play, put down players on a roster. Okay, there you go. I did my job. All right, you're going to win now. It's not about that. Now, I understand that these players from the Dynamo, they need to stay here in Houston during the week because they need to see view, uh, uh, video sessions, yada, yada, yada. For what? If they're not going to play, why have them there for a week? You need to make a decision a week in advance, not a day in advance. Uh, so, <laughs> Blues fan says don't even don't even need to bring up FIFA Ultimate Team and FIFA 06. If you bought in, if you bought in a lot of players in an off season, team chemistry sunk like the Titanic. I remember FIFA 06. That was my first FIFA, and yeah, I do remember that. And I think that was the basis for Ultimate Team, but. That's that's the point that needs that I think Dynamo needs to understand, is that you gotta let Coach Echeverry do his work with the with the players that uh, that that he that he's got. You need to analyze what's going on at RGV, what are their weaknesses, what needs to be kind of reinforced, and then send these send those players. Or if you're gonna send players that you need minutes, you need to send them not a day in advance. And make sh- and you gotta let them fight for their spot, because if they can't win a spot in the USL Championship team, why are they even in MLS? Yeah, I think we also talked about it before too. Uh, that's the whole reason why we've had so many players either leave or basically have bad experiences with the Houston Dynamo. Just due to that fact, and just like you said, they weren't ready to move up. And when they moved up, they didn't have a spot. And so when they tried to fight for the first team, they really couldn't fight for the first team. So what did they decide to do? They wanted to play, and they wouldn't get sent back down. So they just left. And, of course, now most of them are playing for USL side clubs and are probably learning a lot more and maybe – won't get to play MLS, but who knows? And it's just because of that skill level. What Houston Dynamo needs to do in general, if you're going to have that problem where mm-hmm. you can't send us players that we technically need or you're just not going to watch, spend money. We've been telling them for years, spend money. But do you really spend money? No, you go with the cheap way, which stinks, but sometimes the players that you find work a.k.a. Albert Elise and uh, Romel Kyoto. And Manotas, of course. Manotas. Yeah, exactly, Manotas. But that doesn't mean keep going that way. You've got to spend more money. You've got to make this roster huge, as large as can be. Because if it's not as large as can be, you're going to start to have these injuries, which they technically already have, 
And then, of course, you're not going to have enough players, especially in a position, to really send down to help your help out your farm team. And, of course, yeah, you said it. We need to suck it up. But at the same time, Houston Dynamo can't be idiots. And they've got to learn, oh, they actually need this player? Well, we're on a break, too. Let's send them up. Of course, yeah, you you can tell them last minute, but at the same exact time, you've got to make sure maybe you're kind of figuring that out throughout the week, maybe at Wednesday. Kind of give them a hint. A, start to watch RTVFC just to make sure that you know what to do. You might be sent up. Of course, they don't tell them you might be sent up. They just tell them right on Friday, hey, get on a plane to McAllen, you're going and playing with them. So it, it's... It's tough. We talked. We talked. I remember one one episode of Generation Orange. Wow, it's a little hot. The microphone's a little hot today. All right. We actually had um, live on the show last season. Um, AJD AJ De La Garza. He was on Generation Orange uh, the end of last season when he was down with RGV, and that was one of the things that he mentioned. He says, although it was obvious that I was going to stay down here, that I was going to be playing multiple weeks uh, with RGV. I needed, like, I was forced to go up to Houston, stay almost all week over there, and then go back on Friday with RGV. That makes no sense. Because because what he said was that they got to watch video, they got to do all all Dynamo-related stuff, but we all knew that AJD was going to be playing with RGV. Uh, Blues fan says, I think communication has to be had with Gerson and Wilmer. Gerson. Let Gerson let Wilmer know who he may need and let Wilmer decide who needs minutes elsewhere. Harry says, but isn't there interaction between the two teams? I thought that was the major advantage of being a two-team. In theory, yes. But the way things are looking at the way things are working right now, uh, from what we're seeing from the outside looking in, well, the little thing, the little bit of, of things that we can see, because as we all know, not everything is is shown to the public. There's really not a lot of. It's more along the lines of the Dynamo says, "This is what you're gonna do, and this is how, and this is what you're like. This is what you're gonna do, and you have no say. Like you have to follow what I say." Daddy Dynamo tells us. Tells us jump, we ask how many times. That's how this relationship works. It isn't like uh, Dynamo says jump and RGB says no, but I need to duck. If Dynamo says jump, we have to jump. That's how this relationship is working right now, the way we see it. I hope I'm completely wrong, but the way we the way the way everything looks at from the outside in, that's how this relationship works. Uh, Blues fan says. Doubtful. They probably treat RGV like it's football manager. Right click on some players and select move to affiliate club. <laughs> I, I, and I like I like how, I like how you chuckled because you play a lot of football manager. Yeah, exactly. And I I know how that can be. It's they they want minutes. All right, right click. Yeah, send them back down. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not the right way. But of course, at the moment, just like we keep saying, it's how it is. We might see a change halfway through the season, just like we saw a change last year. Mm-hmm. But that just takes it from the front office. And, of course, we've seen this front office from Houston. It, it hasn't been 
amazing for just the player mobility in a way mm-hmm. as in really they, they have to see for themselves and it, yeah it's tough and just like we all know that a couple of journalists as well don't necessarily like this relationship too as in they think that there should be an affiliate team in Houston instead in of Glenn, down here Glenn Davis. Yeah, but now he's got a point no I, 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 I understand this I respect of stuff happening what good is it to have a team down here if you're just going to not really necessarily see what's going on? Is it would it, would this same exact stuff happen if they had a team legitimately in their backyard? Maybe. Maybe I, I think it'd be, be a lot worse. Thing, who knows? But think of, think about it this way: like this front office can barely manage two teams, Dash and Dynamo. What makes you think they can, they, would, they would have been able to handle a third team, a new yeah, affiliate? That's, right. that's why they that's why they happily jumped aboard with the idea that Lone Star uh, LLC uh, brought up to bring to bring in a hybrid. It's it, it's all about it's all about that, but they're trading they're treating RGV like an actual two team rather than than two different entities working in partners in a partnership. And I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess if because the Dynamo is pretty much in charge of all of te- technical uh, aspects of the game, then I've, they're gonna have they're gonna take those liberties. But 